Well, good morning, everyone. It is uh, good to see each and every one of you. <clears throat> I will uh, want to start with one quick thing before we jump into uh, the text. Uh, I'm sure in thinking about this Egypt trip and what was uh, shared, maybe even what you learned in the uh, process of that, I think three things stu stood out to me. First one, it's probably acid reflux. Whatever it is you're feeling, it's probably that, all right? Second thing, uh, Asher is a little bit of a preacher, I think, already. Um, very young man, but already spouting great wisdom. And uh, then the third thing is that, honestly, uh, any and every one of us can be used in pretty significant and profound ways. And it's about our availability our willingness to step out, uh, to follow what we sense the Spirit is asking us to do, and uh, then the results are always uh, in the control of the one uh, who's all-powerful. So, uh, so glad that the group went, so glad that we could get the update today. We've been wanting it for a while, and uh, thank you for uh, your effort and the time you put into that. Um, before I go into our text for the morning, I want to do one other thing. Hans Tori, you guys leave tomorrow morning? Today, you leave today. And uh, they're heading to camp for another week. Uh, they've been on assignment, but now they're, it's like you're running the whole deal, right? Yeah. And um, it, local kids from all different high schools uh, headed up, and I think you're meeting another group from another part of the state. Um, but I just want to take a minute right now and pray um, for Hans and Tori and the ministry they're doing. and. Uh, for young life and what God's doing in this city. So let's pray. God, we uh, so desperately want everyone to know and love and honor and worship you. And uh, from people across the sea to people right down the street. And Hans and Tori have a unique moment this next week with leaders from this community and other communities across the city. Uh, to go and invest in the lives of teens. God, we pray that there would be safety. We pray that there would be an incredible experience, a lot of fun and great memories. Uh, but most of all, we pray that you would speak to each one of those kids in a significant way, that you would encourage them, that you would uh, remind them that you love them, uh, that they are chosen by you, uh, that they have a purpose in life, uh, and may you use each of the leaders, give Hans and Tori extra strength and energy this week uh, in the midst of the heat and everything to, to give all of themselves for you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, this morning is going to require a little bit of audience participation, all right? And uh, we're going to start off with a little pop quiz. I know that most of you, when you come to church on Sunday, what you look forward to are pop quizzes. And so today is the day for you then. Uh, the quiz, don't, you don't have to stress it too much. I know some people, when they have a pop quiz, they get a little nervous. You don't have to worry about that. You can actually work with your neighbor on this quiz. Uh, there is no cheating, so no worries. Um, I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to come up with what you think the solution is. I did ask this question one other time at New Community. It was in October of 2013. So if you were here in October of 2013 and you know the answer to this question, I'm going to ask that you refrain from sharing it with everyone. Make them earn it. Make them figure it out themselves. All right? 
Uh, it's going to be on the screen. I'll read it as well. There is a giant inverted steel pyramid that is perfectly balanced on its point. Any movement of the period, pyramid will cause it to topple. Underneath the pyramid is a $500 bill. How do you remove the bill without disturbing the pyramid? I give you about 30 seconds or so to think about it, talk to your neighbor, come up with a solution, and we will get the answer here in a moment. All right, anyone uh, want to attempt the answer? You can just shout it out if you know. That's a good thought. I hadn't thought of that. That might be true. I don't know. It's not the answer that I know, but that might also be in a different one. So I like it. Yes. Oh, I like the way you guys think. So if you didn't hear that, it didn't specify that it is under the point of the pyramid, so it actually might just be under the shadow of the pyramid. So you could just walk over and grab it as well. Also, another great answer. I love how we're thinking outside of the box. This is excellent. Yes. Yes. That is the answer. You just light it on fire and burn it. It's quite simple. The problem is most of us don't think about burning it simply because you think, what would I do with that $500? That would be amazing. I'd love to find $500. And so what we start to do is we think about it in a different way. And the problem for many of us when we are faced with a question is that we are limited with the frameworks that we come into the question with. So already our pre-thinking kind of is engaged in a way that forces us to maybe only think within a certain set of parameters. I love the idea that maybe it's on top of the pyramid or in, only in the shadow of the pyramid. Um, the answer that I knew was that it was simply to burn it. Our frameworks actually play a significant role in the way we think about the world, we think about faith, and we think about ourselves. And I am convinced that the only way for us to kind of break out of the frameworks that uh, have been either cultivated in us over years or informed by society or informed by our own kind of faith journey is to really begin to lean into this idea of holy curiosity to have an inquisitive spirit, to wonder, to, to really think about and have a passion for reconsidering things. And I think that will move us to a place that perhaps the spirit is wanting us to get to. And the reason I feel like I can say that with a little bit of confidence is because there's this person named Jesus. And Jesus has a significant inquisitive spirit. There's something unique about him that uh, he is always inviting people to consider, to ask questions, to think differently. In fact, here's a, another question for you. How many questions does Jesus ask in the Gospels? They have been all counted. Any guesses on the number of questions that Jesus asks other people in the Gospels? That is a number of perfection, 777 I don't think it's quite that many. In fact, I know it's not quite that many. Okay? Any other guesses? 236. Going once, going twice. Any others? 
The answer is 307. 307 questions. Now, technically, it's like 339 because he repeats a few questions over time. But technically, if you like look at it as the number of different questions that are asked, 307 questions. Jesus is always asking others questions. His disciples, religious people, people he's met for the very first time, always asking questions. Now, another question for you is this. How many questions was he asked? Jesus, obviously, asking questions. How many was he asked by religious leaders or by others or by his disciples? Any guesses? Did you say 531? Not quite. Less. Someone said 55, I think. 183. 183 is the number of questions he was asked. Last question for you is this. How many of those did he answer? It's a little bit more than zero. He does answer a lot of questions with questions. Okay? But technically, three. Technically, three. So what you have, if you look at these numbers, is you have Jesus who is God, asking a lot of questions, far more questions than he's prepared to answer, and even more questions than he's been asked. And typically his response is not to answer them, but instead to ask simply another question. We have been in this series called The Hidden Life, and what we are doing is looking at the lives of people who are kind of on the fringes or go unnoticed. We are driving this from the passage in Colossians 3, which says, For you died, and now your life is hidden with Christ in God. And we are examining the qualities of people who are leading these kinds of hidden lives, these lives of great influence and significance, and yet they go unnoticed. And this morning, as I said, we're looking at inquisitive or holy curiosity. And uh, as I started thinking about who in the Scriptures kind of models this the most. Uh, Obviously, Britt talked about Zacchaeus this morning and this inquisitive spirit asking questions. You have Nicodemus who meets with Jesus at night, who comes kind of under the cover of darkness to ask questions. A deeply religious man, but wanting to know more. Uh, You even have people like the Ethiopian eunuch that comes across the disciple of Jesus and just starts riddling Peter with questions, after more questions, after more questions. This is something that is profound in the scriptures. And yet, as I looked for that person, that character, that individual that best exemplified what it means to be inquisitive in the scriptures, I landed on you and me. That we ourselves are people in this story. We are in the fifth act, so to speak. And we are the ones that are being invited to ask questions. We are the ones that are leading hidden lives. And I know some of you are thinking, I'm not leading that much of a hidden life. Like seriously, I've got like 187 followers on Instagram. I don't know if you've seen, you know, my page lately or anything. Like maybe you're thinking to yourself, well, you know, I don't think I have that hidden of a life. The truth is, we are all living incredibly hidden lives. 
Now, let's just Im imagine for a moment that you still in your mind think, but it's not really that hidden. Like, maybe let's just imagine for a second you are insta-famous, okay? And I'm not just talking like 50,000 followers. I'm not even talking like a million followers. What if you were like, I don't know, 10 million followers? Would you then think to yourself, man, 10 million followers, that's not very much of a hidden life. That seems like quite a few people know at least what I had for breakfast when I took a picture of it, right? You would think that maybe people know me if I'm at the level of 10,000 uh, or 10 million. But think about this for a moment. If you just were, let's say, to get famous enough that every single individual in the United States of America knew you and followed your Instagram. Every single one. You couldn't go down the street without everybody knowing your name and knowing who you were. You might then say to yourself, well, that doesn't feel like very much of a hidden life. But think about it this way. If that was true, if every single person in the United States knew you, that would still be less than 5% of all the people in the world. The U.S. population is about 4.23% of the world population, which means less than 5% even know who you are, which means you're still leading a pretty hidden life. And it's important for us to acknowledge that we are those people who are leading hidden lives. And so this morning, what I want to do is carry on this conversation a little bit and uh, have some more audience participation in just a moment. And what I want to do is have some of those questions that Jesus asked interact with our lives in a particular way. Now, all of you hopefully were handed a uh, handout on the way in. If you did not get one, uh, I know we've got a few extra copies in the back, and uh, Joseph is coming around with those. So if you just raise your hand, he will uh, grab one for you. And while he's doing that, I am going to read a quote for us. The quote will also be on the screen. And uh, this particular quote kind of gives you a little direction on where we're going with the rest of our time. All right? Quote says this. <clears throat> One of the bigger mistakes people make in reading Scripture is that they read it as a spectator. For them, Scripture is a collection of stories and events that took place thousands of years ago. True enough, we are reading historical accounts. But truth be told, these ancient stories are our stories. We are in the narrative. You are Abraham, Sarah, Moses, Deborah, Jeremiah, Ruth, Peter, Paul, Magdalene, and Mother Mary. As the narrative we read unfolds, we are in the story. We, we cannot simply watch what others say or do or answer. For what Peter and Magdalene and others did, we do. So Peter denied and ran, so do we. Magdalene loved and never gave up so should we. Magdalene had a sinful past and a promising future, so do we. Peter was passionate and had a temper, and so do we. But Peter also loved the Lord and ultimately gave his life for the Lord, so can we. Jesus suffered and died but rose again and ascended to glory, so have we and so will we. The scriptures are our own story. We are in it. 
To read scripture as a mere spectator looking on is to miss the keynote. Scripture is our story. In the light of this keynote, there emerges another very important and powerful key to unlocking the text. The key is simply this, answer the question. Among the many things Jesus did, he asked a lot of questions. And whenever you read the Gospels and Jesus asks a question, answer it. Do not wait to see what Peter or Magdalene or the Pharisees or the crowd say for an answer. You answer the question in your own words. This brings scripture powerfully alive. What I want us to do in our few remaining moments is to take a look and practice this idea of being inquisitive with the questions of Jesus. And I want to answer two of them. And they're on the handout that you've been given. The first question is just simply for us to acknowledge a reality, for us to be aware of something. And it, we'll use it kind of as a warm-up question. Uh, the first question on the sheet, if you're looking at it, should say, why are you afraid? Why are you frightened and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Okay, that is the question. And really it's asking, where is anxiety present? And to make this a warm-up question, we'll make it very safe. Instead of you answering it just for yourself, instead of you asking or answering the question, where am I currently feeling anxiety? Where am I currently feeling stress? Instead of you just answering it for yourself, you have the freedom to also answer it for the imaginary person near you, the person down the street, the person you work with, person down the pew that you think might be stressed about something. That way it's not so personal that when you say it out loud, everyone's like, oh, they're really worried about that. Wow. Okay. Right? So we're kind of take it away from that for a moment. And uh, I'm going to give you about a minute to think about it. Where is someone right now feeling stress, anxiety, being disconcerted with something? Think on that and then I'll get some responses here in a moment. While you're still thinking, some of you, others of you want to just shout it out, I'll try to hear you over the fans and repeat the answer so everyone can hear it. Um, where are people, maybe yourself included, currently feeling stress or anxiety? Climate. Say that again. Climate. Climate. Absolutely. What else? Children, yeah, our children. Finances. Say that again. Public health, yeah. Major illness. Any others come to mind? At work, stress or anxiety from work, pressure you feel. Okay, division in our country. Or division among groups of people, division among friends. Yeah, family and friends who aren't aware of Jesus. Any others come to mind? 
Say that again. Aging, yeah. I'm sure that many of you have either written it down or could think of many more answers. There is a profound, we've talked about this a while back, we live in an age of overt anxiety. We are constantly being told to fear and fearing ourselves. And so there is that reality and we acknowledge that reality, but now we move to the second question. The second question, what I want you to do is flip it over to the back side. And we won't practice the whole thing as it's written out this morning, but I want to take just a moment and imagine that we are in the story. We're in the story of Bartimaeus. And for those of you not familiar with it, Jesus is with his disciples. Jesus is asking them questions. They're kind of like making their way to a certain um, gathering of people. The crowds are following Jesus, and he gets to a point where along the side of the road, a man named Bartimaeus is shouting for Jesus. Jesus, will you come? Will you come see me? Come here, please, right? And he keeps calling out. And finally, a group of people go over to him, and they say, Jesus wants to to speak with you. And so the text says he throws off his cloak, and he is kind of like ushered over to Jesus. And just imagine yourself in that scene for a moment. You are crying out. You're stressed. You're worried. You're in a place where you're vulnerable and weak. In that particular society, being blind likely meant no occupation, no way of making a living and spending your day begging on the streets. And so into this scene, you step, and all of a sudden now you are face to face with Jesus. And instead of you immediately saying something, instead of you like jumping into conversation with him, Jesus says to you, what do you want me to do for you? What do you need from me? What is it that you desire? What is it that you are currently longing for? And he asks you that question. How would you answer it? What would you say? We don't have to answer it like him, certainly. But if you were asked that very question, and Jesus was with you in this very moment, and he asked you that question, what do you want me to do for you? What would you say? I'll give you about 30 seconds. Write it down. Now, this one is a little bit more vulnerable. This one is a little bit more personal. And I've uh, debated back and forth this morning. Um, Do we share it out loud or not? Do we invite you to shout out the thing that you're actually longing for, desiring, wishing, that Jesus, the Spirit, would meet. So what I'll do is just open it up for 30 seconds. There is no pressure. But whatever it is you share, then we will spend a moment praying and asking that the thing that you're longing for will actually be filled. 
that the need you're desiring will actually be met. So I'll open it up. Feel free to share. Also feel free not to. And then we'll close in prayer. Spirit, we ask this morning that you in a supernatural way would look at the sheets of paper but even deeper than that, that you would look into our hearts and that you would begin to fill and meet the need of the very thing that we're longing for. This morning we asked for wisdom. You say that if we ask for wisdom that you grant it. And so we pray that you would give each and every one of us wisdom. Help us to know how best to follow and love and serve you. God, we ask for you to restore our joy. We ask for belief. We ask for more intimacy with you. We ask for a deeper faith. Spirit, I don't know what else is on these sheets, but we ask for homes to be restored. We ask for relationships to be healed. We ask for forgiveness to be granted. God, we ask that if there is anyone feeling tension with a parent or an in-law or a family member, that God, you would release that tension. That there would be a spirit of unity. We long for that. God, we pray for any fear that was mentioned before, for anything that we are anxious about. God, we ask that you would give us the ability to place all of our anxiety on you, that we would release that tension we feel and that we would completely trust in you. God, I think you are often asking us the question, what is it that you want me to do for you. And sometimes in our own shame, sometimes in our own worry or fear, or just in, in a sense that we might be too selfish in asking that we don't just simply tell you what it is we need or want or long for. So God, may you this morning remind us that uh, even when we think we're playing coy and not telling you what it is we desperately need, uh, you're already fully aware and you just simply want us to ask. And like a father or mother who just wants their child to cry, cry out and say, will you help me? You long for that same thing. God, this week, may we take this sheet and work through some of the things that you are asking. May we place ourselves in these stories and may you speak to us through your word as we answer the questions that you are asking. May you help us to continue to be an inquisitive people. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.